0: The reading is from the second book of Kings, chapter 5. Now, Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance into Syria And he was also a mighty man in valor, but he contracted leprosy. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on the wife of Naaman. And she said to her mistress, Would God my Lord were were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And went went out and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid who is from the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten suits of clothing. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, now, when this letter is come unto you, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may recover him of his leprosy. It came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he ripped his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends to me... To For recovery, this man, this leper. Behold, I pray you, how he is seeking a quarrel against me. And it was so, when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent a message to the king, saying, Wherefore, did you rent your clothes? Let him come now to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood before the house, the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. And your flesh shall become again unto thee, and thou shalt be made clean. But Naaman lost his temper. And went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out and, to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abana and Farfar, rivers of Damascus, much better than all the waters in Israel? May I not wash in them and be made clean. So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came to him and spake unto him and said, My father... If the prophet had bidden thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not not have done it? How much rather then, when he says to thee, wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child. He was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I know there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. This is the word of the Lord. I have long enjoyed this story from, from childhood it was easy to think about it back when I was in Damascus according to the text Naaman is in charge of all the army of Syria now the army of syria was one of the great armies of antiquity and he was the generalissimo of the syrian armies the syrian empire which sits on the west side but across to the other side somewhat all the way over to the tigris of the fertile crescent was one of the great one of the great kingdoms in all of history. And this was the commanding general, and he contracted leprosy. You heard this story tonight. I have not the slightest doubt that the author of this book thoroughly enjoyed telling the story. Okay. This marvelous scene where the, the king of Israel, pardon me, the king of Syria, sends a message to the king of Israel I'm sending my servant to you with a lot of money and treasuries and all that sort of thing. I'd appreciate it very much if you would cure him of his leprosy. And the king of Israel saying, obviously he's trying to pick a fight with me. I can't do that. He's just looking for an excuse to come down here and invade the kingdom. That's, that's what he's looking for is an excuse. And Elisha, who has considerable dealings with pagans. Remember, Elisha raised the son of a, of a Phoenician woman. Remember that? Now he's dealing with the, dealing with this, the Syrians. Elisha gives him a fairly simple task to do. will go bathe seven times in the Jordan. In fact, he doesn't even come out and tell him to do that. He sends somebody else out to do that. Now, this is the kind of general who's accustomed to getting a lot of respect. And he thinks even his leprosy does not deprive him of the proper respect. So Elisha does not come out. He sends somebody else out. I suppose, it doesn't say the text, but I suppose it was Gehazi, because we know that Gehazi was his servant. The servant comes and tells him, "Go wash seven times in the Jordan." And you saw his reaction. We have much better rivers in Syria, and of course they do have vastly superior rivers in Syria, much much larger. Well, that's why it's called the Fertile Crescent, because those rivers across Syria all the way over to the, all the way over to the Tigris, the great rivers in Syria. He said, "I don't see what's so great about. I don't see what's so great about the River Jordan." I've got to go down and bathe in there seven times. The seven, of course, is, is highly symbolic. Remember the number seven, where it appears when Elisha raises the little child? Remember that? Prostrates over the body of the child seven times. Okay. It's, it's, it's the number of perfection, it's the number of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, it's the number of the, of, of the flames in the candelabrum. I mean, it's the number seven is it's God's number. So much, of, so much of heaven itself is founded on the number seven, seven days in the week. But anyway, Naaman goes and bathes in the, in the Jordan. Now, Jesus refers to this story in the gospel, doesn't he? He says there were many lepers, many lepers in the time of Elisha. But God sent him only to one. Now notice that begins that story begins at the beginning of the ministry, particularly in the Gospel of Luke, begins at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Who in the world is Naaman? Naaman, sweet people, is each one of us. It's each one of us. Naaman is a pagan. At the end of tonight's story, he's confessing that only Israel has the true God. Only Israel has the true God. I think you've heard that from me probably a million times in the last 20 years. If you want the true God, we go to the Jews to find him. Only Israel has the true God. That's a big step for an Irishman to make. Because you know? we had lots and lots of gods in the Celts lots and lots. And they didn't man, demand very much of us. An occasional human sacrifice, that was considered considered adequate. Okay. And you notice that when the Irish lose the faith, is the first thing to go back to a human sacrifice. Have you noticed that? It happened this past year. Where human sacrifice is now legal in Ireland in the form of abortion. The Greeks could certainly look at these apostles i remember talking about this once when i was i was preaching in the greek orthodox church in the, in pittsburgh and i remember metropolitan maximus he was the greek he was the greek metropolitan there in pittsburgh when i when i told the story he started laughing he was sitting up there just laughing away when i talked about these apostles who come out of the Levant and go into the go into into Greek culture, the Greek the Greek Roman world, looking and sounding and smelling like something right out of a delicatessen. Okay. But a hard step it was for the Greek, the culture of Greek, with this philosophy. Okay. Well, think of the the vast the, the vast culture of Greece is going to submit. To the religion of a bunch of Jews who are worshipping somebody who died a criminal. That's a big step. It's a big step. In tonight's nice reading, you'll notice there's an enormous amount of humility that's required of this Syrian. We Syrians have a much richer culture than these Israelites. It's a puny little kingdom, and look what we've got. Their army could never stand up to ours, and I'm the general of it. They want me to go down and wash in their piddly little river. Mm -hmm. But see, the bathing of Naaman is a symbol of what we did two weeks ago Mm -hmm. when two children in our parish were bathed in the waters of the Jordan. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have any anymore, but in the old days, I actually used used to have a little bottle of Jordan water. And I would pour some of it into our baptistry. When we, I need to get back over there to get some more. If you, if you guys can arrange that. I need to get back over there. If you can't send me, send to Denise to get some more of that water from the Jordan. But see, the, whether the water's from the Jordan or not, it's still Jordan water because it's it's Christ's baptism. In, in Christ's baptism, according to according to the fathers of the church. He sanctified all the waters of the world. We say that every January 6th, don't you? Don't we? By your baptism in the Jordan, you've sanctified all the waters of the world. So the Greek, the Syrian, all of us, we submit to Israel's God. And that's what's given to us in Jesus the Messiah. He introduces us to Israel's God and our engrafting into The natural olive tree, which is Israel. Amen.